0: Welcome back to BioBabes, the podcast where two babes blab about biology
1: and compete to out-weird each other with the most outlandish biofacts.
0: We're your hosts, Libby and Kelsey. And today, we've got some real doozies. Today's episode
1: is all about sex, specifically bird sex.
0: What they're doing and how they do it. The birds and the birds, if you will. Birds are infamous for their variety of mating rituals and behaviors. (laughs) So am I. This is because birds have some of the most diverse and fascinating examples of sexual selection. Sexual selection is a type of evolution in which certain
1: traits in one sex are favorable to the other, and so they're selected for when these individuals
0: mate. The individuals with the sexy traits then pass on those genes to their offspring, who are more desirable as a result, and evolution takes care of the rest.
1: In birds, sexual selection takes the form of songs, dance, plumages, and all sorts of things. So
0: not so different than people. But it's not just about who looks the prettiest or has the best dance moves. Mating traits and behaviors often have an underlying fitness advantage that would be beneficial in a mate.
1: Yeah, for example, in many tropical birds, colorful plumage on a male is actually an indicator of health and access to resources, which is something that ladybirds find very attractive because they want their offspring to have that too.
0: This means that everything from a peacock's tail to even crazier stuff like the dances of a birds of paradise and mallard duck's horrifying corkscrew penises are example of sexual selection. But these are all old news. Our goal today is to bring some new bird mating facts to light. Each of us has come prepared with tales of birds getting a little freaky. We don't know what the other is going to tell us about, so we'll be competing to see who has the best fact. Let's go. (laughs)
1: Libby? Yes? May I interest you in a bird fact this evening? Hit me. This bird is from Panama, and it's called the waddled jacana, which is my rapper name. But it's also known as the Jesus bird. Can I get an amen? Amen? Yes. It's called that because it looks like it can walk on water. It lives on these floating mats of water plants and lily pads and rivers, and it has these really long toes that spread out its weight so it can walk on these plant islands. And So that's why it's called the Jesus bird. But that's just background. We're here for bird sex. Always. Of course. (laughs) Jacanas display sexual dimorphism, with the females taking on the typically male characteristics and behaviors. So basically, they operate the opposite of most birds and animals in general. Good for them. Yeah, right? Way to, way to flip the status quo. So that means that the female jacanas are bigger, more colorful than the males. They're also more aggressive. So the females have these kick-ass wing spurs that they use to fight each other over territory and access to the
0: boys. I knew people in high school like that.
1: Yeah, very much the mean girl jacanas practice polyandry, which means that females maintain territories containing multiple males who each has a nest, and the female jacana can lay eggs in one of the male's nests. Then she just goes back to being a boss-ass babe and uh, leaves him to incubate and raise the chicks on his own. So, the male will care for the chicks for, like, three months. Meanwhile, Mama jacana... She's been able to use all this time she wasn't raising chicks to make more chicks with her other husbands. This allows her to lay eggs every like 23 days or so, while the males have to wait like three or four months to be able to have another clutch because they're doing all the legwork. Female jacanas can have many more clutches in a year than they would be able to if they were also responsible for raising the chicks. So, in summary, the waddled jacana, gaslight, gatekeep, girl
0: boss. Really digging the wing spurs. Yeah, I want some wing spurs. I feel like we could make that happen for you. Is wing spurs just what
1: knives are? You ladies, watch (laughs) out. I'm coming for the boys. Better stay out of my way. I got knives on my elbows. I'm a waddled jacana. I'm ready to go.
0: I have to imagine that's just what the other jacanas think is the sexiest thing in the world. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look at the wing spurs
0: on her. Damn. (laughs) Those wing spurs, (laughs) though. let me set the scene. Oh, please do. You are deep in the South American jungle. It is sometime between February and September. Sorry, I just got bit by a mosquito. And you are a sexy, sexy mannequin. That is true, I am. That can only mean one thing. It's time to gather your squad and bust a move. Okay. Mannequins, now that's M-A-N-A-K-I-N-S, not the things in department stores, are a type of tropical bird that populate the rainforests of Central and South America. There are almost as many mannequin mating strategies as there are mannequin species, which is to say Mm. over 50 of them. That's a lot. It is a lot. The general mating system of mannequins is what we call lecking, which is a type of polygamy in which males have a sort of pecking order amongst themselves, and females choose a mate largely based on male status. Mm. Golden-collared mannequins are a classic example of this system. But other mannequins take it even further. The hierarchy of dominance decides more than just the likelihood that a female will choose you. It also determines your role in the dance squad. (gasps) Dance squad. You heard me. When blue mannequins are ready to mate, they gather a group of their closest friends to help them perform a complicated routine to get a female's attention. The alpha bird does a whole acrobatic set, while the other birds hype him up. Oh my god, he's just like Gabby Douglas in it. He's got a whole hype squad. If the female (laughs) approves, she'll mate with him right there in front of everyone. Oh dear, that's scandalous. Quite scandalous.
1: That's, hey, get you a hype squad that does that, right? That's support. It
0: is really supportive. Damn. Now, swallow-tailed mannequins have just one wingman instead of a full hype squad. And what's the benefit to this guy if he's not actually getting to reproduce? The goose to your maverick, if you will. Well, there's not much benefit. Unless, of course, the alpha male dies and then you get to inherit the alpha's mate. That doesn't seem like that's the way that should work, but I'm alright. But the real star is the red-capped mannequin. They don't need a wingman, they don't need a dance team, because their moves are impressive enough on their own. They were made famous by a National Geographic video entitled, The Moonwalking Bird. Mmm, smooth. And that is essentially what they do. But moonwalking might even be too simple a way to describe the way they hop along a branch backwards and do all sorts of moves. It's part moonwalking, part hammer time, and part twerking. And I gotta say, from watching these videos, the females are so into it. Honestly,
1: same. If a man moonwalked for me, I would be down for anything. So, everybody loves hummingbirds. They're adorable, they're tiny, they drink out of flowers. I mean, come on, it's the closest thing we have to real-life fairies. Anyway, what people don't talk about is all of that steamy hummingbird sex.
0: Steamy hummingbird sex?
1: Oh, they get it on. Now, if you asked me how I thought hummingbirds woo each other a week ago, I would have assumed they probably do something really wholesome, like exchange little flower hats or sit on a mushroom together. But no, the male hummingbird has a need for speed, and he does crazy stunts while his love interest washes from her perch. It's absolutely wild. The gnarliest hummingbird is the Anna's hummingbird. This little guy weighs like 15 ounces, and he's only three or four inches tall. Like you. you. Yeah, like me. He's fun-sized, right? You could literally pop him into your mouth like a marshmallow peep. Like, I cannot stress the cuteness. But cuteness does not stop the male Anna's hummingbird from being an absolute daredevil. So the way it works is during breeding season, a male will display for a female by flying up into the air 130 feet, Keep in mind, he's like four inches tall, then he dive bombs towards the ground at speeds of 385 body lengths per second, which is how they measure bird speed, apparently. But that's about 90 feet per second, extremely fast, especially for such a little bird. At the bottom point of their display loop, the hummingbird is under 9 Gs of force, which is the upper limits of what humans can even survive.
0: So you're telling me I would not even survive hummingbird mating? Oh no, you would not fare well. When they get to
1: the bottom point of their loop, closest to the lady hummingbird they're displaying for, they end their performance by making this really loud chirp noise. And now for a long time, researchers didn't know how the hummingbirds were making that noise. But eventually they found out that the males were making the chirp noise with their tail feathers, not with their vocal cords. The hummingbird's tail feathers are stiff, and they can manipulate them during this high-speed flight to make a sound the same way that a reed would vibrate in a wind instrument to produce a sound. So this courtship display obviously expends a ton of energy. So after mating with Miss Anna Hummingbird, the male does not contribute to chick care and instead continues doing his daredevil thing and showing off for all the lady hummingbirds he meets. So basically, he's making it clap for her. How impressed would you be if a man did this feat for you? Not at all because I'm a lesbian.
0: For a final fact, Kelsey, I've picked a wholesome one. Oh, that's a change of pace. It is a change of pace for us, isn't it? That's nice. I like wholesome. Emperor penguins are the ultimate long-distance lovers. They spend most of the year apart, but when they come together, it's quite beautiful. Antarctica is a rough place to be generally, but even more so in the winter. But that is when emperor penguins decide to breed. You gotta do something to keep you warm. This means they travel great distances, endure insane temperatures, and nearly starve themselves for the chance at raising a single chick. Mm. That's right. The females produce only one egg per season, so they have to choose their partners wisely. Sometimes they will return to the same partner year after year for the rest of their lives. Other times, they'll choose a partner for the season and have a new one next year. This is called serial monogamy. I'm sure we all know people like this. Yes. Emperor Penguin Courtship involves respectful bows, some classy head swinging, and lots and lots of singing. It's a whole production. This is all done in a giant crowd, so males have to do a lot to stand out. As you can imagine, it can get pretty loud. Mm. And that's before the sex. But once mates are found and the dirty is done, the colony becomes quiet. Is that because they're all busy smoking their post-sex cigarette? No, it's because penguins (laughs) believe in dads paying their child support. Once an egg is laid, males incubate it in their brood pouches. This is basically a flap of skin that goes over the egg as it sits on their feet, while females go off to feed. The males cannot eat during this time, so they fast for four months as they care for the egg and wait for their female lovers to return. Daggum, that's some commitment. It is commitment. Now, when they come back from feeding... Females often have to engage in a post-courtship dance in order to convince the male to give back the egg that he's been looking after all this time.
1: (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I think he earned it.
0: He did earn it. He really put in the hours. (laughs) Once the chick hatches, the male and the female raise it together, taking turns feeding it and keeping it warm. It's a beautiful reciprocal relationship in the bird world.
1: That's very cute and sweet. Isn't it lovely? That's wonderful. It does
0: require four months of nearly starving yourself. But... Happy little chick. Happy little chick. Just the one. Just the one. Mm. You're an only child. (laughs) So, Kelsey, you told me about the girl boss Jesus of Panama. A.K.A. the waddled jacana. And hummingbirds, the daredevils of dating. And you told me about
1: mannequins, who need a whole boy band just to get some, and emperor penguins, who are the ultimate
0: romantics. I'm beginning to think birds aren't so different than people.
1: Yeah, humans are animals too, and that line becomes less and less distinct when you hear about things like this.
0: Humans can be freaky, but they can also be incredibly dedicated and loyal.
1: Yeah, and hearing about all these different birds makes me feel less self-conscious about my weird corkscrew penis.
0: Understanding sexual selection and things like birds gives us insight into how evolution is acting on such complicated processes like how we court, mate, and... (laughs) I was going to say spend our lives together. Well, that too. That's all for this episode of BioBabes. Catch us next week when we'll be discussing giraffes, the gayest
1: animal in the animal kingdom. Bye! Bye! Libby, would you like to hear a penguin joke? When do I not want to hear a penguin joke? What is gray and caused by climate change? What? Melted penguins. (laughs) 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 But um, (laughs) ting! I have another joke. Yeah? Why does a flamingo lift up one leg? Why? Because if it lifted up both legs, it would fall over, Libby. What a stupid question.
0: Why did the bird fall out of the tree? I don't know why. Because it died. Why did the second bird fall out of the tree?
1: I don't know, but I'm afraid of the
0: answer. Because <laughs> it was stapled to the first bird. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> why did the third bird fall out of the tree?
1: This is too many dead birds. Peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs>